It's that time, the Betting Predators podcast, where our main objective is hunting down the best bets for you. I am your host, Sleepy J. You guys can find me on Twitter, Sleepy J underscore pregame. Joined here by the baseball, basketball, hockey, golf, whatever you want to call it, guru, Uncle Dave. You guys can find him on Twitter, Dave underscore Essler. And you can get us both on the best sports betting information site on the web, pregame.com. Well, Uncle Dave, here we go. We got the NBA kicking off. MLB is now in full swing. We got hockey coming up in a couple of days. We got our golf tournament. So, you know, what we've been waiting for for the last couple of months is, uh, you know, it's finally going ahead and, and it's finally taking place. We finally got some sports back, and I'm uh, pretty excited. I want to go through the two games that we're going to talk about for Thursday. We got the Pelicans and the Jazz, and we have the Lakers, and we have the Clippers. We have a best bet for one of these games that Mackenzie Rivers went ahead and he sent me. So I'm going to go ahead and let you guys listen to that. I know Uncle Dave likes that one as well. So let's start out with the Lakers and the Clippers. Uncle Dave, right now the Lakers minus four and a half. Got a total of around 215, 216. Now we do have a lot of news circling this game. We have a number of questionable players for the Clippers. Looks like the Lakers will be healthy. Anthony Davis did sustain some type of an eye injury. As of right now, he's saying he's going to play. We'll see how that all works out. But Uncle Dave, the Clippers are five and a half games back right now from the Lakers. Now, we only have eight games. So this is something that you and I had talked about, is that the Lakers only need to win, you know, two games. Go ahead. They wrap it up pretty much. There's really no way that they can go ahead and and lose that first seed. So I would lean slightly to the Lakers here. I know the line's four and a half. Maybe I'll go ahead and put them. Maybe I'll I'll, uh, cross-sport parlay here, Uncle Dave with the Lakers and maybe a, a nice baseball pick, you know, a decent sized favorite tomorrow. Um, I don't know if I would lay the four and a half. I'm quite confident, Uncle Dave, that I think the Lakers will come out and actually play rather well. I'm not sure about the Clippers. How do you feel about the Clippers going into that game tomorrow? Well, I mean, I guess the time to bet that would have been a while back before the line moved. But, you know, the, the Clippers, um, both Harold and Williams were downgraded to out this afternoon. Patrick Reveille is still questionable. Uh, I just think it's like it's like a huge depth thing right now for the Clippers to try to match up with the Lakers. You know, you mentioned um, Dwight Howard is probable. Anthony Davis is probable. Um, I think, and and because they were announced as probable, uh, that definitely uh, made a little downward tick in the total. So I lean to the under a little bit, but you know. As we were talking off air, you know, how many games do the Lakers really need to win? I mean, this this game to me, you know, it's not in L.A., so it's not about sort of bragging rights, if you will. I mean, they're way past that. You know, the Lakers, what do they need to win? One or two games. I mean, the Clippers, they need to win a few. Uh, they need to stay ahead of the Nuggets, who uh, they don't see for quite some time. Matter of fact, I don't know that they even see them in this eight-game eight series, period. Um, I think maybe they see him in like the seventh game, but you know that that would be that would be a little bit, you know, looking too far ahead. You know, I just have to wonder. Um, neither team really needs this game. I mean, if if the Clippers should fall from second to third, I mean, it's not a huge drop. They're still not going to have to play the Lakers in, in in any in any sort of series till much later on. So, you know, I look at this game and I say, yeah, the Clippers would like to win but how much energy, energy are they willing to expend to do it? Uh, and the Lakers, uh, they want to win probably more than the Clippers just to get it over with and rest. So, you know, I, I look at any bet I would make on the side there is, 
probably the Lakers in the first half because I can totally see this game playing out to where the Lakers get a, a big enough lead, the Clippers kind of bag it. I mean, I think that's going to happen in a lot of these games, in a lot of these sort of eight play-in games, if you will. You know, I, I think there's teams that are going to have, like, like say, the Clippers, they have a little more down-the-road stuff to worry about. And if the Lakers get a big enough lead, um, I think the, the Clippers will just bag it. But I, I, I expect them to get that lead fairly early. I don't like laying the four and a half or whatever it is now with the Lakers because I, I could have laid considerably less a while back. But four and a half isn't enough to get me to take the Clippers. So I lean the Lakers in the first half. I think they, they do want to make a statement. They do have the defense to do it. Um, but I, I can totally see the game just being you know over by the middle of the third quarter and totally Clippers just resting because they've got another game, I believe, with the Pelicans on, on, on Saturday. Uh, obviously, that's clearly much more important. Then they got the then they got the Suns, a game they probably should win. Then they got Dallas, and they got a big game with Portland. So you know this sort of falls into you know where where almost into um, I look at at these two teams anyway. It's almost far more situational than it is on the court. I mean, what what's on the court, who's playing, and who's not is obvious. Uh, I think it's just situational, and I, I think the Clippers will probably call it good about midway through the third quarter. I wouldn't disagree with you, Uncle Dave. And as you had mentioned about the Nuggets, you know, the, the, the Clippers just have to go ahead and stay in front of them. And as you mentioned, they they actually will play later on. They'll be in that seventh game. So it'll be game seven here for the Clippers when they will meet the Nuggets. You know, the Nuggets are probably a team I would suggest going ahead to play on because you know, let's say the Clippers lose and Denver goes out and they win their first game. Well, now they're only a half game back. So I would say certainly, you know, Denver's a play on team. And, you know, once these teams start wrapping up their seedings, you know, you and I, you know, we've talked about this multiple times already that, you know, we fully expect, you know, guys to play, but it's not like they're going out there to win. And I'm sure they will have a dress rehearsal game, you know, somewhere throughout. And and that's going to pop up. And I think that those are going to be spots to where we're going to be able to identify them, you know, as, as that game comes up. It's going to be hard to try to identify kind of going through those dress rehearsal games. And, and we'll, we'll eventually, you know, be able to figure out when those games are important. You know, one of the games I certainly think will be important will be the Clippers' second game, and that'll be at New Orleans. And, you know, perhaps they go ahead and they get Harrell back and maybe Beverly is 100%. And then obviously they'll have Lou Williams, you know, in the third game. Williams is going to have to miss two games. And that was kind of funny, Uncle Dave, if you – if you saw the story about Lou Williams, he goes into a strip club supposedly to go get chicken wings. And uh, as soon as I saw that, I'm like, "There's if there's anybody that's that's going to end up getting hammered here to to make a statement, as soon as I saw that, I'm like, it's going to be Williams. I don't know what you thought about that, but did you think that was uh, did you think that that was worth the you know worth the two games that he was going to have to miss? Because you know I noticed that there's guys that are coming in and coming out, and we'll talk about. You know, we could talk about Zion. Uh, he ended up, you know, going out of the bubble and then he came back and it was like, all right, well, he's going to quarantine for, you know, a certain amount of days. So it seems like the rules are a little wishy-washy with, you know, I guess if you get permission, you know, you only have to quarantine for that many days. But if you don't, you know, then, then you have to quarantine for like this many days. So it just seems all kind of screwy. It's like, well, like, how do they know where you go? You know, if, if Lou Williams didn't get caught on Instagram or wherever he was, you know, at the strip club and, the, and it was just oh, hey, I, you know, I went here, went there. You know, you don't know. It, it all sounds kind of goofy the way that everything went down. But what did you think of, uh, you know, Lou Williams showing up at the strip club going to get chicken wings as his, uh, you know, his quote-unquote excuse? Well, I don't know. 
it is what it is. I mean, it, you know, I kind of laughed when I heard that because, you know, now the whole the whole thing about the Miami Marlins is, you know, maybe one or two of those guys went out when they shouldn't have when they were in Atlanta. Uh, or maybe it was Baltimore, I think it was, before they, they went up to Philadelphia. So, you know, stupid is as stupid does. You know, I, I guess originally, and I was even thinking that the whole Marlins thing happened in Miami, but apparently not. So, um, you know, I... I'll just I'll just bite my tongue on that one before I say uh, anything that you have to edit. How about that? Well, I certainly actually think, Uncle Dave, that it is a good thing that you know that somebody did go out there, did something stupid, and they got penalized for it, obviously, in one way or another. And it really just puts the league on notice. Like, look, like you know, we we have to focus on on what's important here, and if winning's important, you know, to to anybody. Well, then, you know, you got to go ahead and keep your head on straight and all that stuff like that. You know, as we're talking through this Laker game and Clipper game, you know, the, the only real pick I can make here, Uncle Dave, is probably go ahead and use the Lakers in a money line. You know, and if I lose, so be it. No big deal. I, I won't. I'm not going to go in until I, I think after we see what the first game results are, you know, whether teams are going out there playing big and, and, and playing tough or whatever, or, you know, somebody like Phoenix, you know, once they lose, you know, they're pretty much out. They have to basically run the table and hope that, you know, that, that, that there's a lot of miracles along the way somehow for that team to get an eight seed. Like it's just going to be almost impossible for them. So um, I think if, after we see the first game results, we'll get a much better idea of what teams look like, you know, after the restart. So that's definitely something we'll, we'll obviously be talking about throughout, you know, the next couple two weeks here as the NBA gets going. So our best bet in this game is actually going to be from Mackenzie Rivers. Why don't we go ahead and give that a listen? All right, Sleepy, for my best bet this week, we're going to the NBA Lakers-Clippers under the total of 216. Let me break it down for y'all. The last five Kawhi versus LeBron games have gone under the total by a significant margin. And if you go back all the way, their last 10 games, all the games after their 2014 finals matchup, seven of those games have gone under and on average by a significant margin. So why do I think this trend is occurring? Two words, defensive intensity. This game matters to these rivals, both of them. Kawhi doesn't always put on the full defensive clamps like he used to back in his early San Antonio days when he earned two Defensive Player of the Year awards along with the nickname The Claw. He's still a great defensive player, but maybe not the league's best every night. But when he faces LeBron, Kawhi goes in the wayback machine. It's 2013, it's 2014, and defending LeBron is the very reason why he is in the league. We've seen it this year. Kawhi has held LeBron to under 40% shooting in their three matchups so far this season. On the other side of the ball, LeBron recognizes Kawhi as a threat. One of them very easily could end this season being the only player to win three finals MVPs with three different teams. One of them, not both. So even if LeBron raises his intensity. That's only half of it. He also raises his intensity of those around him. They know this is one of those we got to get. We got to earn. We got to keep our man, the king, in position to dominate because that's good for everybody. Often these games become cagey, half-oriented type games where each wing player is trying to kind of outbox the other one, outthink them. Find that, not only find the perfect post position, but wait for them to make a mistake, then boom, skip pass. Numbers crunchers often wonder, why do we play point guards? Their defensive metrics are bad, 
and they don't score a lot. So what do they do? And I can see how if you're looking at a piece of paper, that might make sense to you. But there's three aspects of basketball. Only two, I think, are often considered. There's offense, there's defense, and then there's ball movement. Not just assists, but getting your team up the court in positions to attack early and often is often the difference between an effective system and one that doesn't work. So in this game, what do we lack? We lack point guards. Each team is without at least one starting point guard. In the Lakers' case, it's Rajon Rondo. They also are missing Avery Bradley, who hit six threes the last time these two teams matched up. So what's left? Well, LeBron might be the best point guard in the league. You know, hammer Steph Curry. If you consider him a point guard, but the reason most people don't is because he can seldom do that for 45 minutes. He's not the guy that's going to chase Tony Parker and it's going to beat a double team in the, in the half court every single time, especially not in these reseeding games. Come playoffs, I've seen this man do incredible things. I wouldn't be surprised to see him play 45 minutes a game. But right now, I think without a point guard, they're going to be very methodical, very slow, try to use their size as an advantage. And when he's not on the court for the 10 to 15 minutes or whatever that he ends up sitting in this game, I really have no idea what they're going to do on offense. Yes, Anthony Davis is a great player, a great shooter, and a great offensively skilled big man, but he's not bringing that ball up. Much like Hakeem Olajuwon or Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, if Anthony Davis is playing in a game and his point guards are getting abused, there's not much he can do to stem the tide. That's just life as a big man in the NBA. It's a guards league. And on the other side of the ball, the Clippers are without their two starting point guards. Lou Williams out. Pat Beverly just got back into the bubble. 50-50 whether he plays, I would, I would assume not. There's no reason to rush it. Neither of these teams really have anything to play for. The standings, it's all about pride. So if the Clippers are without their best two point guards, Reggie Jackson just got there. He's still assimilating. Them too, they're going to be more wing-oriented, more half-court oriented. They're not going to have the horses to want to get up and run to chase this total. So with both teams without their point guard, with this intense historic rivalry between Kawhi and LeBron, all signs point to under. So we look at the total. It's 216 or 217, depending where you can get it. Think about this. The Lakers and Clippers have played three times this season. They're averaging 215 points in those games. So if they're averaging 215 points in these three games, and other in this COVID bubble Orlando environment, which sports managers very openly will tell you they're lowering their totals on these NBA games five to eight points. That means this number is more like 223, 224. Now, I get it. If you're looking at these teams on paper, you're looking at their pace, their adjusted pace, you're looking at their matchups, without knowledge of seeing these teams play before, I could see a 224 total. Having seen this Kawhi-LeBron matchup for years and years, seeing it this year play more intensely than ever, I think the correct total is more like 209, 210. Do not see this team, either of these teams, wanting to run. Expect a very methodical game. Expect a very intense game. This total is way too high for me. Best bet, Lakers, Clippers, Thursday night, under 216. All right, guys, there's Mackenzie Rivers. He's going to go ahead. He's going to play the under 216. You guys can go ahead and get that. I see that right now at DraftKings. And a bunch of Vegas books actually showing 216. A lot of the offshores, though, at 215 right now. But, Uncle Dave, how do you feel about the underwager for that specific game? Are you aligned with McKenzie on that one? Yeah, I am. And for a lot of the same reasons. I mean, I, you know, and as I alluded to before McKenzie gave his pick, I, I just don't see anything. Uh, you know, I see the game totally dying down in the second half. You know, if I was even considering the over, it might be the first half. But 
even at that, it would be dicey. So, yeah, I, I mean, it's totally under. And the market says the same thing. I think, I think at one point this was 218. Uh, I believe at Bookmaker, it's down to 214. Uh, and I think last time I looked, about 60% of the tickets were on the over. So the Sharp Money and McKenzie are probably right. Uh, I do think it's an under game. You know, one of the reasons why I actually think the under is going to have a, at least somewhat of an advantage here is because of the sight lines. You know, you talk about that in baseball when a player is familiar with a certain area. But we know in basketball, Uncle Dave, that those backdrops, you know, they, 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 they do cause a lot of confusion and shooters tend to go cold. You know, they just, they're just not used to the rims and not used to, you know, the, those big arena settings sometimes. It's not like the NBA guys aren't used to that. You know, a lot of guys practice in, in, in you know, those type of facilities. But it is going to be a little bit different for those guys going to this venue now. You know, and one of the things I was thinking about is that if you take any home court advantage or anything, you know, that has to do with, you know, even if it's at neutral site, you know, if it's going to hurt any particular team or, or anything like that, it's going to affect college basketball home court more than anything, more than any sport. And when it comes time to that, I'll explain that. But I really think college basketball, the home court advantages are really going to suffer uh, if there are no fans when we get to that time of the year. Hopefully, hopefully not. But uh, let's jump into the next game here, Uncle Dave. We have the Utah Jazz, and they're going to be playing the New Orleans Pelicans here. Pelicans are going to be minus two and a half. Now, this total is kind of high here, Uncle Dave. I was actually quite surprised when I looked at this total. 223, this is one of the higher ones on the board that you could actually bet right now with all the games that are listed. I'm not sure how you feel about this one here, Uncle Dave. I do have a premium play on this one that you guys can go ahead and get at pregame.com. So I'm going to go ahead and sit back and listen to what Uncle Dave has to say. I'm not going to agree, disagree. I'm just going to hope that Uncle Dave is on the right side, or at least he comes up with my pick. So I'll let Uncle Dave rip and run on that one. Uh, Yeah, rip and run. This is a tough one. I mean, you know, all the the media attention is on Zion and the Pelicans and how they – can sneak into the playoffs and, and yada, yada, yada. I mean, they're, they still basically have to uh, gain at least two, potentially three games on Memphis in eight games. And I know that, okay, Zion's back. And I know that most of the free world seems to be on the Pelicans. Um, but I'm a little bit concerned if you want to uh, read anything into the line, um, just the, just just this afternoon, uh, the Pelicans were minus three, uh, and now they're down to two and a half, and that's with probably a sizable amount of the money uh, being on, or at least the tickets anyway. I haven't looked at the money being on New Orleans, so I'm a little I'm a little timid to 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 jump on the on the Pelicans and Zion ship here. And, and one of the things, you know, they are super young is, you know, after they play Utah, they've got the Clippers and then a game with Memphis. So they have two what one might consider harder games coming up, you know, and then you look at Utah, you know, I mean, they, they, they would like to win a few games as much as, you know, they may be a bit shorthanded, um, they would like to win a few games. I mean, they're only they're only three games out of out of the two seed behind the Clippers in the West, and then nobody's really talking about New Orleans. And what also scares me a little bit is that total has gone 
just today, in fact, from from 221 all the way up to 224. Uh, now, why is that? Who's going to do all the scoring? I honestly don't know. Um, I, I can't call it. I mean, obviously, I, I probably wouldn't take the over at 224 when I could have had 221. Um, I did. I, I am probably going to pass this game. Um, and, 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 you know, I guess if you made me, I would probably take Utah only because it seems like everybody in the free world loves the Pelicans. Well, if everybody in the free world loves the Pelicans, why aren't they favored by? Why weren't they favored by more than three? And why is it now down to two and a half? I mean, that's that's a little bit um, concerning for me. I mean, I, I I don't have a play in the game, and I don't know if I'm on the right side of yours or not. Um, but that's my thought. You asked. I mean, it's it just seems a little a little crazy here that with with so much love for the Pelicans that that today, in fact, they went down to. Down to, as a matter of fact, I bet, in a half, I bet online that um, they're only two and a half minus 105. So, you know, I'm, I'm a little leery that uh, maybe all these people are incorrect. But I'm, 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 I'm not, I'm only leery. I'm not uh, leery with a capital L enough to put my money on Utah. Uh, although, if you did make me, uh, I might take a stronger look at the Utah Jazz. You know, one of the things I talked about, Uncle Dave, and this was probably, you know, more than a few podcasts ago, you know, we were doing NBA and we were talking Major League Baseball was, you know, we're going to see some erratic line movement and probably a lot of line movement that we cannot explain. And I think that that's, you know, that that's still very true. Uh, We are going to see some crazy line moves in here. One, you know, the Sharps are involved, but I think the public, you know, that they've just been craving to go ahead and bet sports. And if anybody's seen the handle with baseball, you know, it's been like record level bets coming into these sports books like that they just have never seen before on baseball. And a lot of the baseball, you know, the, a lot of those lines are moving. I saw a baseball total uh, move a, a full point last night within like five minutes. And that could have just been, you know, one or two big bets from, you know, a syndicate or something like that, I, I would imagine. But, it, you know, there is a lot of public money that's getting thrown out right now at least in the baseball and right now in the basketball. So, you know, it's something we got to keep our eye on. You know, I'm not sure what to do with the line moves and stuff like that um, as of right now, at least with when it comes to reading the market. And we read the market in, you know, a normal market setting. And and we generally, you know, I think myself and Uncle Dave actually feel very comfortable when we see the market react. Um, We could pretty much pinpoint, you know, whether it's sharp or public money. But right now, you know, it seems a whole hell of a lot more confusing. At least it does to me. Uncle Dave, I want to go ahead and I want to talk some baseball. Now, we've had some news over the last couple of days. We had some games postponed, which I know that that turned your stomach when you saw the the Miami Marlins go ahead and a bunch of players test positive. And then, you know, they postponed the game and then they postponed another game. And I'm sitting there going, I don't even want to I don't want to see any more for the rest of the day. And, uh, you know, luckily you know, that they're going to quarantine the players and we don't necessarily know exactly what the Marlins are going to do. They're supposed to play on Sunday. So hopefully everything works out with that. Yankees, they ended up getting moved from Philly. They're now playing the Orioles and then the Phillies are going to pick back up here, I think in another day or so. So hopefully Major League Baseball will go ahead and take care of that situation. That was a a little scary and I I was, you know, kind of upset. I'm like, you know, here, here we go again. Uncle Dave, I want to talk about one of the early games tomorrow. First, we're going to talk about the Washington Nationals and Toronto. This is the one game um, right now that's in the in the ninth inning as we sit here and talk. 
that score is currently 0-0, so I don't believe that that game is going to have much bearing on our thoughts for tomorrow. So for the Nationals, Fetty's going to go, and for the Blue Jays, Ryu's going to go Ryu right now around minus 130, total 9.5. What are you thinking about that game, Uncle Dave? Well, I hate 9.5. I would prefer 9. I'm, I'm a little bit um, leery of 9.5, but I would almost have to lean over because I do want to see the lineups, and I think that the inclination would be to take the under, um, but – um, in in this particular game tonight, where it's nothing or nothing, I think the Nationals have a clear advantage because Scherzer pitched deep. I mean, provided it doesn't go another ten innings, um, and and the Nationals haven't used a lot of bullpen. Toronto has used at least four arms out of the bullpen that I know of, and you know both teams can't hit or haven't been able to hit a whole lot. And you got to wonder why is that total nine and a half and not nine? So I I'm inclined to take the over and Ryu was with the Dodgers. The Nationals obviously saw quite a bit of them, and if I'm not mistaken, wasn't Fetty with with Washington for some period of time. So, you know, I I I don't know that I can call a side. I'm you know it's it's tough to bet on Washington right now. I mean, they're just not very good, uh, and Toronto is better. So, you know, I lean Toronto, but I lean over. I think a little bit more uh, lineups pending. Obviously, I mean that's that's the thing about betting baseball now. Like line moves really don't mean much at all. And I'm asking they don't mean much at all. They, they don't mean a whole lot. And uh, lineups are, are dicey. you got teams like Kansas City that are, you know, they they played their starters almost like the Rays did last year sometime. And today they didn't with Duffy. But, you know, they, they've they had, you know, a guy go one or two innings. I, when I first saw that, I said, why are they taking him out? And they just kept bringing in these guys. And, and, and three quarters of these guys are guys I never heard of. So, you know, that tells me it's kind of getting off topic of this particular game. But, you know, it's going to become clear, you know, who's uh, auditioning their entire team for next year. And the Royals pitching staff may be one of them. There are others. But it's becoming clear that um, this is this is eventually going to turn into a, a, the total haves and have-nots. And, you know, I think the time to make your money in baseball is right now. Uh, before some of these teams just get priced out of the market uh, and even the underdogs have little or no value. So it's an interesting time, Sleepy. You know, one of the things I I was thinking about as you were talking about the lineups, you know, Soto, uh, he still needs to be cleared from, from, you know, from like the Washington, D.C. health department and stuff like that in order to even come back. And, you know, Strasburg's going to end up missing another game here for the Nationals. You know, the Nats lose this game here, Uncle Dave. They start out one and five. And it's like, you know, there's just a lot of flags that, that go up with this team. I think this would be a team that would be extremely hard to go ahead and back. You know, I'm not saying like throughout the entire season, obviously it's 60 games, but we talked about, you know, Uncle Dave, when it comes to, you know, these teams that start out in, in a hole, you know, what do they do? Because we don't know their mindset. Like we don't know what happens over a 60 game period when it's like, all right, well, you know, we're, we're nine games back or eight games back. It's like, how the hell do we make that up? Well, yeah, I mean, you got to go on a run, you know, you got to hope you can win, you know, eight, nine, ten straight to go ahead and, and close the gap. But, you know, I think there are going to be teams and and, I, and the Nationals would be one, you know, where, you know, they're, that they're probably overpriced in a lot of games. One, because they won the World Series last year. Two, you know, they're, they're kind of a public team to the Nationals. The Nationals have been good for a number of years. Now, I, I would be very, very leery on, on going ahead and back in Washington. 
until Strasburg gets back, until Soto gets back. And if, you know, they're within reach, you know, and, and 60 games looks like, you know, that they can make up any type of, you know, deficit that they're in, at least when it comes to games back, you know, then maybe you look at going ahead to take them. But right now, um, there's no way I could put my money on the Nationals tomorrow. Let's jump over to another game here, Uncle Dave. I want to talk about the Cubbies and the Reds. Now, right now, the Reds more than likely are going to end up winning the game that they're playing with Chicago. The Reds are up 9 nothing right now, Uncle Dave, in the sixth inning. So tomorrow for our starting pitchers, we're going to have Darvish on the mound for the Cubs. Castillo, I believe Castillo is coming off of a loss for the Reds. The Reds are going to be a lukewarm favorite here, Uncle Dave, right around minus 120. Total at 9. Not sure what you think about that one, Uncle Dave. What are you thinking? Well, I, I, I like the over there quite a bit at this point. I mean, I think that uh, the Cubs bullpen has just – uh, grossly underperformed. You know that I know it's been a short season, but you know their their bullpen has a whip of almost two. So that would preclude me right there from taking the Cubs in a full game. You know, um, Darvish, on the other hand, you know he uh, pitched okay, but he didn't look good in his last spring game. Uh, he didn't look great against the Brewers. He struck out a bunch, didn't give up any home runs, but he still gave up six hits in four innings. So, you know, I, I, I see Castillo in there, and I, he tends to be way overvalued, um, in my opinion, but I have to think that tomorrow he's probably not. You know, it, it, you, can get him, you can get him about 120 because I think the, the early money seems to be like in the Cubs. Uh, but barring anything that I'm not seeing between now and then, I have to like the Reds, uh, and for, for no other reason, uh, well, the reasons I've already mentioned, you know, they got Mustakis back, they got Senzel back, uh, and and their bullpen has been adequate. I I guess you know it comes down to who do you trust, and you know right now the Reds are are uh, are a team that's trying obviously, and and uh, you know the Cubs are they're going to be hit and miss, and you know I think people will look at that game tonight and go, well the Cubs are going to be pissed they got they got beat by two touchdowns or what have you, and you know, I just don't think it's that simple anymore, especially when you're you're not in your own ballpark. I mean, that's with all these sort of positive tests coming back around the, the country, not necessarily in these particular two teams. But, you know, there's more and more coming up. And, and I know they've done a great job, except for the Marlins, who did it to themselves. But, you know, these guys have to be leery. So I have to think that, that even though the early money seems to like Darvish, I have to like the Reds. I would agree with you with the over Uncle Dave, as you had mentioned. You know, one of the things that the Reds have struggled with was their pitching, but their, you know, their hitting actually hasn't been all that bad. You know, obviously nine runs today. They had five yesterday. They had seven the day before, but they were in losing efforts because their pitching has just been terrible. Their bullpen hasn't been all that great. And the fact that, you know, that the, that the Cubbies bullpen hasn't been great either. You know, I could see the over being, being a decent play. I think if we're going to go ahead and get after that one, you know, maybe we get after that one a little early. Maybe we go ahead and just take the nine because I don't see that probably coming down to eight and a half. I want to talk a couple more games here on tomorrow's slate, Uncle Dave. Why don't we talk about the Dodgers, Uncle Dave? Because the Dodgers in Houston, you know, they're in a struggle right now at 1-1. They're in the fifth inning. But what did you make of, and we kind of talked about this. I said, Uncle Dave, do you think Kershaw's going to come right out and, and throw a pitch right at Houston? And then, you know, obviously he didn't he didn't end up playing. So everything that we were talking about, it all kind of took place last night with Kelly going ahead, throwing behind Bregman and Correa. 
you know, what, what did you make of that situation? Do you feel that, you know, the Kelly eight game suspension is justified or, or what, how do you feel about that situation in specific? You know, I thought about that and, you know, I, I, I think that is it justified? Well, I guess there's two schools of thoughts on that. I guess for this particular point in time, yes, it's probably justified uh, because they definitely want to make a statement. But I think if that would have happened in a, in a, in a, in a regular situation, if you will, you know, he might've got half that many games or, or maybe two or three. Um, I just, you know, I think it's kind of cool. I mean, I, I love Joe Kelly, but I think that that whole suspension thing was a total, you know, let's not have this BS because, you know, then the bench is all empty. So, you know, the players are getting all close to each other again. And, you know, I don't think they want that happening for obvious reasons. So I think that was another reason that they handed down a fairly stiff suspension. You know, what I, what I wonder about that uh, whole two-game series is how this affects the Dodgers when they play tomorrow in Arizona. You know, unfortunately for Arizona, you know, I'd love to fade the Dodgers, but unfortunately Arizona just sucks and, and their bullpen is worse than sucky right now. I mean, they, they just, they, they just basically non-existent. So, uh, you know, in as much as I would like to bet against the Dodgers in that particular situation, I'm, I'm not sure I can. Well, I can tell you this right now. Had we had a 162-game season, those teams would have been brawling yesterday on the field. And the fact that we only have 60 games and these guys know how important it is to go ahead and stay on the field, that's why those teams didn't end up brawling yesterday because otherwise there certainly would have been players that probably would have gotten ejected and suspended. Now, I think that one of the reasons they, they, they handed that specific suspension down for Kelly was because they don't want any other team going out there and and, and just throwing at the Astros because, you know, it's only the second series for that team. And it's like, well, is this team going to throw with them? Is this team going to throw with them? Well, it's like, well, you know, well, here's what's going to happen if you do it. And by rights, you know, the, the Dodgers should have been the team to go out and, and do it and get it over and done with. And hopefully it is over and done with. Um, but I kind of liked it, to be honest with you. I, I thought it was, I, I kind of felt like, you know, baseball needed that. One of the reasons is because it's, you know, baseball's back and, and have we felt normal over the last, you know, couple of days since baseball started? I would say kind of like no, but it's been great baseball's back. But last night, kind of like, you know, it just felt like, all right, you know, here we go. We're, we're cool. You know, it kind of put a little bit of a Band-Aid on that Marlins situation. So, I don't know. I, I, I felt I felt pretty pretty good about it last night that, um you know, it's over, done with, out of the way, and, and the Dodgers went out and, I think they did what they were supposed to do. And I don't think Kelly was really, you know, I don't think he was headhunting by any means. He, he, I think he knew exactly where he was putting the ball, um, that he wasn't going to hurt anybody. And um, we'll see how that all shakes out. So let's talk about the Dodgers a little bit more here, Uncle Dave. They're going to be on the road here tomorrow playing the D-backs. Robbie Ray will be on the mound for Arizona. And Ross Stripling will be on the mound here for the Dodgers. Dodgers right now around minus 150. I'll just give you my two cents on this one here, Uncle Dave. Ray looked looked half decent, and I faded him in some way, shape, or form in the first game that he played, and I I won the bet. But I think laying 150 with the Dodgers right now after they're coming off of you know playing Houston, it might just be like that one letdown game. I don't think there will be a whole hell of a lot of letdown games for the Dodgers, but I have a, a pretty strong feeling that Ray comes in here tomorrow you know, trying to do his best. And I think the D-backs are, you know, they're like, hey, look, we, we got just as much chance as anybody else. 
that they're really going to go out and throw everything out there. They're going to throw the kitchen sink tomorrow at the Dodgers. And I don't think Stripling is, you know, and, and he was a guy that we talked about in the beginning of the year, Uncle Dave, that, you know, he wasn't even in the starting rotation. But the fact that right now, you know, Kershaw's on the bench, they had to bring somebody in. Now, it's not like Stripling doesn't have any starting experience. But my gut feeling says don't play the Dodgers at minus 150 tomorrow. Maybe we look at the D-backs tomorrow as a small dog. What are you thinking? You know, I I, I, I agree with your thought process, and, and it's tough. You know, that's a, a situational play to fade the Dodgers. But, you know, I've watched a few of the Arizona games, and I just can't sleepy. I mean, I, you know, I know Ray looked half decent, but the D-backs haven't been able to score. You know, four games against the Padres, they, they scored more than two runs once. And they scored four in the last two games last night in Texas and this afternoon in Texas. But they they squandered a bazillion opportunities. And their bullpen is just pathetic. I mean, they, they blew a they blew a lead that they, they worked hard to get this afternoon. And I, I just think that they're totally deflated. Uh, I think Ray looked okay. But, you know, Stripling looked really good. I know he was only playing the Giants. You know, but the guy threw seven innings, so... You know, we know he can he can go deep. He's not going to get yanked early. Uh, he didn't walk anybody, and I love those kind of guys. And, of course, the Dodgers' bullpen has given up you know, pretty much nothing in the first five games. I think their their whip is, like, well under one, uh, meaning walks, to hit, walks and hits to innings pitched. I mean, that's just a ridiculous number. So, you know, I, 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 I agree with you on the situational aspect totally. I'm just not sure that on paper that's not a, that's enough to overcome it. You know, I actually think the Dodgers at minus 150 is probably an okay bet. I mean, unless they rest everybody tomorrow, I don't know that they will. Um, and and honestly, even if they do, I mean, Arizona, you know, people were fairly high on them, including me, coming into the season. Uh, but they just look pitiful. I mean, like literally, they've 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 just not been able to score, uh, and the Dodgers haven't either. So. You know, aside from the first couple of games there against the, the Giants, they put up a bunch of runs, but they've been kind of just going through the motions. You know, then they four at San Francisco, one at San Francisco, five at Houston last night, and, you know, remains to be seen this afternoon. So with that in mind, I'm thinking that that would be a good under bet, but then I think of that Arizona bullpen and what could possibly happen. So I think if I were going to bet that game uh, because I don't want to bet against you, I do, but I'm not going to. I would think I would I would take under first five and under for the game. That's probably the the safest bet there, uh, and and that would be the time that that Arizona's bats all of a sudden wake up and against Stripling. But I just doubt it. I think the under is probably the right play there. And I think another thing that I was thinking about with that whole entire situation is the fact that the D-backs haven't even had a home game, and the fact that they get to go home and. As I mentioned, you know, the, the Dodgers are playing Houston, so they're going to have another, you know, another little bit of road stretch here coming off of that series. I just felt situationally, um, you know, there was a, a pretty decent spot. And then I get Ray on the mound. You know, what if he can go out there and last? You know, it's just one of those one of those games, that it just stinks to me a little bit. And when they generally stink like that, you know, it, it, something's usually up. So we'll see. We'll see how that all works out. And, you know, that's one of the reasons why you and I, go through and we talk about all these games, Uncle Dave, because at least we get to, you know, formulate our thoughts. It's not like we're, we're throwing bets out there right now. We're kind of just talking about, you know, where we're leaning, you know, what we're kind of liking right now, not necessarily making any bets. 
I want to go through two more games here, Uncle Dave, with MLB, and then we'll cut this off. And obviously, we'll be going ahead and doing more podcasts, you know, daily pretty much with NBA and, and baseball. So, Uncle Dave, let's jump over to another game here. Let's talk Cleveland and the Twins. Tomorrow, Cleveland, they're going to have Bieber on the mound here, and the Twins are going to have one of your favorite pitchers, at least one of your favorite pitchers from a, a year or two ago, Berrios. Total's going to be eight and a half. I was a little surprised at this line here that, that Cleveland's going to be favored here on the road, minus 105. I'll let you go ahead and talk to this one. What are you thinking? Well, I don't necessarily disagree with that. I mean, the fact that Cleveland is minus 105 at a team like Minnesota should really tell you all you need to know. I mean, look what Bieber did in his first start. You know, six innings, four hits, 14 strikeouts. And what I really like about the Indians lately, I mean, I like a lot of things about the Indians, but their bullpen's been really, really, really solid. And I, and I can't say the same thing about the Twins. Now, there was a time I would have been all over Barrios at that price, but he got completely lit up by the White Sox. I mean, he, he didn't make it through five innings. I don't know that he made it, made it. I think he threw four innings. But on top of that, you look at the Twins' bullpen that has just been – not very good. I mean, they got, you know, their ERA, which I know it's an antiquated stat, but it's, it's over five. So that kind of tells me all I need to know. Uh, the Indians are off to a hot start. Um, I I think uh, the Indians with Bieber at that price, I don't know how you don't take that. I don't believe let's wrap up with this game here. We got Boston at the New York Mets tomorrow. The Mets are going to have Mats on the mound, the lefty. Boston's going to go ahead. They're going to counter with their own lefty. Martin Perez will be on the mound. Mets are a big favorite here, Uncle Dave, minus 153, total nine and a half. So what do you make for the disrespect here, Uncle Dave, for Boston being a minus 153 underdog going into New York tomorrow? Well, I think it's justified, and as much as I would hate to admit it, and I would I would love to try to find a way to bet against Mets, which I, I typically try to do. But, you know, the Red Sox are, this is a historically bad team. I mean, they're, they have little or no bullpen. They trot out Martin Perez, who uh, was destroyed by Baltimore. And I, I just don't see uh, how Mats doesn't win that game. I mean, I would, I would like not to take Mats just because he's been somebody that I didn't think could, could get the ball over the plate. But he threw six innings and only gave up one run, two hits against the Braves. Only walked one, which has historically been his bugaboo, and struck out seven. Now, I know the Braves are, are not tearing it up right now, but still, you know, even if he regresses, it's Boston. So, you know, I don't love laying that kind of price, but, you know, I might just because there's no way in hell I'm taking Martin Perez and, and that, uh, you know, historically bad Boston team. And, and the bullpen is bad, and I think it's only going to get worse. You know, especially in a game where Perez is not likely to go more than four or five innings. So, yeah, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll have to back your Mets in as much as it kills me. Well, I certainly hope the Mets win. I'm not sure exactly what I would do with that one. I think it's probably just because I've seen Mats go out there, you know, numerous times and, and go ahead and just blow up every situation he's been in. So I don't know. It's like I, I think tomorrow, um, you know, I won't be betting that one with my head or my heart. I'll probably just go ahead and watch that one. Well, that's it, guys. That's it for the podcast. Obviously, Uncle Dave and I, we're going through, you know, a little bit of a transition here with MLB starting, 
you know, we got the NBA kicking off, you know, we've been doing our golf pod and you guys haven't had a chance to go and give that a listen, you know, go over to my Twitter account, sleepyj underscore pregame. Uncle Dave and I go over the FedEx St. Jude Invitational. We have plenty of bets in there. We've been doing rather well with our golf podcast and having a lot of fun with that. But we certainly plan on having, you know, a lot more fun with MLB and NBA. And Uncle Dave and I, we're going to buckle down and start getting stuff out to you guys uh, pretty much daily if we can. But certainly you guys will be hearing a lot more from us each and every day. Uh, as I said, you guys can find me on Twitter, sleepyj underscore pregame. And you guys can find Uncle Dave posting about Todd Frazier hitting bombs for the Texas Rangers at Dave underscore Essler. Uncle Dave, I know you weren't exactly thrilled about that. We had talked about a little bit of Frazier in the offseason. How'd you feel about Frazier today going yard on you? Well, can uh, you can edit this, right? Just don't say the F word. Oh, well, I was effing pissed because Todd Frazier... I think he was hitting a, a feisty 083 when he stepped up to the plate, which is not really, I mean, that's par for him. But he has never, uh, I got to say, never gotten a freaking hit when he's come up with men on. Uh, for me, I don't care what team he's played for. Um, and that goes all the way back to when he's with the Reds, you know, all-star my ass. And when he came up today, I just knew it. I just absolutely knew it. And, of course, he launched one, and uh, we ended up hitting the over, and I split that. But it, it, what made matters worse is the uh, Rangers ended up tying that game up, and it was 4-4, four to four, and I'm thinking, well, you know, maybe we can maybe we can pull this out. And there were two outs, and I believe it was an 0-2 count, and Elvis Andrus came up, and he's another one that just seems to own my ass. And sure enough... Elvis Andrews gets the two-out hit and knocks in more runs. So, I mean, it was, you know, a hot poker up my butt times two. All I can say is thank God they scored enough that I hit the over uh, and didn't lose the over and the side in that particular game. And I I think that my record in day baseball games during the week is, is pretty pitiful. I should probably not play any, but, you know, every time I don't and I look at it and go, yeah, well, I think the Rockies are going to win. Sure enough, the Rockies win, and I don't bet it. And then I go, well, you know, yeah, I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that. And that would be the wrong thing to do. But, yeah, Todd Frazier, um, you know, just hearing the name Todd Frazier, I can assure you, raises my blood pressure by about 30 points, especially today, maybe 20 on a good day, 30 today. Oh, is waiting. Well, I think one of the good things, Uncle Dave, is I, I certainly know how to go ahead and get you fired up and, and push your buttons. Um, and, and generally I, you know, I, I choose not to do that, but you know, one of the guys that, that just does not help me out ever. He just does not help me out. He can never get a hit when I need him to. And he's always in the outfield, catching a ball up against the warning track. Mike Trout again, last night didn't do very much to help me out, but it's just like one of those guys, you know, that you, and you always have that one, two, three guys on your list that just, it's like, Oh, here we go. You know, I got two guys on with no outs. Here comes a double play. Or, you know, there's some miraculous catch where it should be a double off the wall. And he's, you know, running through the freaking, you know, running through the wall, catching it, destroying you. Trout's one of those guys. There's a number of guys, obviously. And, uh, you know, I'll certainly be bringing them up to go ahead and, and fire up Uncle Dave. But um, I certainly have no problem, you know, going ahead and bitching about my guys screwing things up for me as well. But, you know, we got guys that we, we count on from time to time. I count on Uncle Dave and, and we count on you guys to go ahead and continue listening and hopefully, you guys will go ahead and knock some winners out of the park. But with that said, 
That's it for the podcast, guys. I'm Sleepy Jay. That's Uncle Dave. We wish you the best of luck. Enjoy the games. <laughs>